0: And welcome back to Take One, the podcast that brings you just one friendly page of Talmud every day. And in today's page, Nazir 22, we alight on the subject that many of us, I'm going to go on a limb and say, that all of us have had to deal with at one point or another, the subject of peer pressure. Have a listen. The Gemara asks, If the second woman said to the first who vowed Nazariteship, I am hereby a Nazirite in your footsteps, and the husband of the first woman subsequently nullified her vow, what is the halacha of the second woman? Again, the Gemara clarifies the two sides of the question. Does the statement, I am hereby a Nazirite in your footsteps, mean in all matters and therefore her vow is dissolved as the vow of the first woman was ultimately nullified or perhaps the statement is referring to her status before her husband nullified her vow and therefore the second woman is bound By her vow When I put this hypothetical situation What happens when one woman Vows to become an azir And then her friend says Well you know I'm an azir too And then the husband of the first woman says No you're not an azir anymore What happens to the second woman When I put this intricate Talmudic scenario to our next guest today She wrote the following So if your bestie decides to go to homecoming So you decide to go too Then her boyfriend says Nah stay home with me babe Should you still go to the dance And that is precisely the spirit of our discussion today because this question what happens when we model our behavior after other people good bad and what role do rabbis slash teachers slash parents should play is a pertinent one and therefore it gives me great pleasure to welcome back to the show my dear friend educator extraordinaire vicky messler hello hi Liel.
1: thank you for having me back
0: my pleasure and i really liked your analogy it is precisely the case one woman says, hey, let's go to the prom. The other says, sure. And then her boyfriend says, nah. And then the whole thing gets really, really complicated. So as an educator, as someone who spends her day immersed in all kinds of dramas between you know teens, preteens, adolescents, and children, tell us about peer pressure. What What may we learn about our behavior and the way it's influenced by the actions of our friends and their friends? And what can we do about it?
1: Well, I think when we think of peer pressure in, you know, pop culture, we usually think of the negative influence on our motivation or our actions, like, you know, kids trying to peer pressure you into drinking in high school or the pressure to tease or to bully another child in your class. But I think just actually in thinking about this text, I was thinking about the power that this is actually a woman's story. This is about one woman and another woman. So I think there's two pieces here that are really interesting to, educators. There may be no coincidence that this situation is about women because girls today are actually more susceptible to peer pressure. Think about body image or the misuse of alcohol or even just like anxiety around your school pressure and your academics. It's actually really common for girls to join a group and or even quit participation in things that they actually like based on what the other kids are doing. So acceptance by your community is very important as we grow up, especially to our girls who And as we see in the Torah, the girls are actually play a key role in maintaining our community efforts. But this is a great opportunity for the guides in our lives to help the teachers, the rabbis, the parents. And so
0: give all of us anxious adults that watch this unfurl in the lives of our children and our loved ones and also in our own lives. Give us some guidelines on how we can go about Thinking about peer pressure as a tool, as you said, both negative and positive, and how may we help each other and the ones we love sort of navigate this powerful force towards good?
1: Well, so if your best friend is going to join the Fiddler on the Roof production, be in the drama group, you may actually stretch yourself to try it too. You may not have tried out because you'd be, you know, kind of fearful of the mortification of like not getting the part or just being on the stage in general. But you could stretch because there's power in numbers and there's power in camaraderie. And that's such an amazing influence because it could help you step out of what's comfortable for you. But like if your friend quits or doesn't get the right part and then should you quit too? That's really the question. So if you have a teacher, you have a parent, you have a guide, you can help that. Child or that person say, wait, okay, well, why did you join? Did you join it because the other girl was doing it, or do you actually want to be in a play? I think that's really the key question here. What's inside your heart? Go deep into who you are and what you want for yourself, and then you can feel more empowered to stick to your vow or to your commitment. Because if you actually really want to be in a play, you should be in a play. And that can give you the confidence and the kind of self-efficacy kind of mind frame to say, you know what, like I am going to go for it. And if I get the part, amazing. If I'm just in the ensemble, it's still really good for me. So I think the power of community and the power of the teacher here can be really important to help all of our children, especially to look inward and say, wait, like, what does this mean for me? Is there something I can, can glean from this? Is this an opportunity for me? Where can I fit in?
0: You know, it's amazing because it sounds so kind of simple, straightforward, and obvious when you say it, and yet I take a beat and reflect on all the moments just in recent memory where I've had to deal with these situations, and it's not obvious at all in the moment, is it?
1: No, it really isn't. And the power of the group for the negative can be, you know, just as intense because, you know, it's, it's like if you are trying out for the school play and you bust into your math class singing the, the key signature song, if you don't read the vibe, the other kids will be like, dude, Liel, like, stop, we're we're in the middle of math, you know? And so like, be yourself, be what's true to yourself, but also you definitely have to read the vibe. You have to look at where your community expectations are and kind of try to fit in. And I think that that is also really powerful, especially at that age.
0: To be honest, uh, every time I sing, irrespective of the circumstances, my friends always say, dude, Liel, stop. <laughs> Vicky Messler, thank you so much for being our guest.
1: You're welcome, anytime.